Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your daily dose of conversation on the news, arts and culture, politics, and more. The U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, was in Chicago this week, speaking to the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. Right now, the world is experiencing the worst food security crisis any of us have ever seen. And according to the World Food Program, over 828 million people go to bed hungry every night. She addressed issues about food security and other humanitarian issues across the globe and how they connect to similar issues here in Chicago and Illinois. She sat down with Reset to tell us about her visit. In your speech at the Council on Global Affairs, you emphasized how interrelated the world is when it comes to food. Can you talk about how what might be happening around the world might affect food here in Illinois and Chicago? Uh, Absolutely. And uh, we have been stressing uh, this issue for quite some time. When I started at the United Nations, I held an event uh, during our presidency on food insecurity, and that happened in February of 2021. But the situation has gotten worse since the onset of the conflict in Ukraine, and it's impacting uh, the globe. But particularly, we're seeing impacts uh, in the United States and even in places like Chicago. So we're looking at how we can address those issues both globally as well as locally. And so uh, that is part of the reason I'm here in Chicago. Yeah, you mentioned Ukraine, Ambassador. Let's dig into that a little bit more, because earlier this Mm -hmm. week, we marked six months since Russia invaded Ukraine, and it's disrupted wheat exports from the country. So talk more about what impact this has had on global food supply. So Russia and Ukraine uh, provided about 20% globally of wheat uh, and other food supplies across uh, across the world. So countries in Africa, countries in the Middle East, many of them even depended on more than 50% of their wheat exports from uh, imports from, from Russia. Because of this war, uh, because Russia has, has blocked the Black Sea, uh, they have attacked uh, grain silos in, in, in Ukraine, that wheat is not getting to market. And we have been working diligently within uh, the United Nations, working with the U.N. uh, to find a way to open up corridors to bring that wheat to market. And most recently, the Secretary General was instrumental in negotiating a deal with the Russians and the Ukrainians with the assistance of the Turkish government to open up the Odessa port in Ukraine so that wheat in Ukraine could get out to to the market. Is it challenging navigating, addressing this issue when Russia is a permanent member of the Security Council? You said it. It is extraordinarily uh, challenging because as a permanent member of the Security Council, you expect that permanent member to abide by uh, the U.N. charter, to 
actually have a bit more respect for peace and security, and they clearly uh, uh, have uh, crossed uh, the line. Uh, we have to deal with them in the Security Council as a permanent member of the Council, uh, but we have not hesitated in finding every way possible to hold them accountable, to condemn their actions, to kick them off of the Human Rights Council, and to constantly, constantly uh, work to find uh, solutions to assist the Ukrainian people in their battle uh, to uh, maintain their sovereignty and their, their independence. You had the chance while here in Chicago to visit the Urban Growers Collective. And that's a, that's a nonprofit that runs eight urban farms, many of which are on the south side of Chicago. Talk to us about your experience there. What was that like? Uh, I was so impressed with what they uh, were doing. These uh, young people are committed to finding ways to deal with urban hunger. And one of those ways is to provide these urban farms. And I visited the one at Grant Park, uh, to see the work that uh, they are doing and the impact that they are having on the communities that they are working with. And what I thought was interesting in that visit was that they started to talk about how they could engage uh, internationally. As you know, they won uh, the COP26 uh, award for uh, their innovative work. And they are looking at how what they do here might be used uh, uh, overseas. And so we're looking forward to working with them uh, to see how we, uh, we can use their methodology, their tech, uh, technology, uh, to support small farmers uh, living and working in Africa. Help us understand the role that you see urban agriculture playing in addressing the food crisis and how scalable Welcome. movements like this are. You know, I think they're they're highly scalable, uh, and we have seen some evidence of that in other places around the United States and uh, around the world. Uh, we know that uh, many urban areas, and particularly in areas that are depressed, the, uh, people don't have access to uh, fresh foods. They don't have access easily to agricultural uh, products. And I was speaking to one of the uh, young men uh, from the South Side who told me he started watching what they were doing when he was nine years old, and he's been working with them uh, uh, since then. And he's encouraging other young people to look at how they can engage in urban farming so that they can address their uh, needs for uh for uh, fresh uh, fruits and, and fresh vegetables. Ambassador, something that you mentioned during your talk was the role that climate change plays here. Uh, how will a changing climate affect food security? And what policies do you think can help address that? Look, climate has already had a detrimental uh, effect on food security. We are seeing uh, across the world that climatic changes are changing farming patterns, uh, climatic changes are forcing uh, uh, mass migration. So we're hearing for the first time about climatic refugees. Uh, we're seeing conflict that has resulted uh, from uh, herders moving further and further south and encroaching on farmland. So it is uh, uh, certainly uh, having an impact, and it's something that we're working 
uh, on and is a high priority for the Biden administration uh, as we reengage with the uh, uh, Paris, we rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement, and we're working with countries to help these countries start to address the impact of climate, mm -hmm. but also re-up their own commitments to addressing climate change because government policies uh, also uh, impact how governments are able to respond to the needs of their people. And we're uh, certainly uh, working with those governments to ensure that they are uh, committed to finding, uh, uh, you know, solutions mm -hmm. to, uh, uh, to climate uh, changes in their own countries. Let's turn to China for a moment, Ambassador. They're also part of the Security Council at the UN. What would you like to see China do to begin addressing issues around food security? Well, China is a uh, huge, huge uh, purchaser of wheat. And what they have been doing over the course of the, uh, of the past few months is building up their stockpiles instead of uh, contributing to uh, more uh, to, to address the problems that other countries are, are facing. We think they can uh, uh, make a, a difference. They can contribute, and we would encourage the Chinese to do just that. Uh, looking at the World Food Program, for example, the major humanitarian U.N. agency responsible for providing food, the U.S. has given about $3.7 billion to the World Food Program. China has given about three point $5 million. We think they can do more, and we are encouraging them to do more in that, uh, uh, in that sphere. And while I have you, I just want to get your thoughts on a couple more things before I let you go, Ambassador. Here in the uh, Chicagoland area, we're plagued by food deserts. Okay, Many neighborhoods here don't have easy access to grocery stores, for instance. Does the Biden administration have any plans for how to get more produce and healthy food into underserved communities? Uh, certainly, that is a priority, and I know that the Department of Agriculture and other agencies in the government are working to address these issues. We support, for example, uh, the urban farming uh, uh, that I was so delighted to see uh, yesterday, and look and we're looking for other opportunities to engage with uh, communities, encouraging businesses to uh, provide more produce in what are called these urban deserts and, and to encourage people uh, to, uh, again, participate in these urban urban farms. I, uh, I'm not in a food desert in, in Virginia where, where I live, but uh, we actually have our own little urban garden uh, mm -hmm. that uh, provides more food than, more food than uh, we can consume our, ourselves. So it actually does uh, work, and uh, it's something that I would uh, encourage others to consider. Yeah. Well, you know, this, uh, this topic is near and dear to our hearts here. Illinois is a significant exporter of food and agriculture is, of course, a large part of the economy in this state. Sum it up for us, Ambassador. In your mind, what is the state of U.S. agriculture, and what more needs to be done to improve food security here as well as abroad? Look, we are a huge uh, producer of, of food here in the United States, and we are working through the Department of Agriculture uh, to encourage uh, farmers to uh, start to produce more food, 
the president just gave $500 million to, uh, uh, to uh, help uh, producers of fertilizer, uh, increase the production of fertilizer. But we're also looking at how uh, these farmers can export more of the products that they produce uh, globally. Uh, I'm from Louisiana, and I know that Louisiana is a huge uh, producer of, of rice, and they export rice all over the world. And again, you mentioned Illinois is uh, a huge agricultural uh, 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 productive uh, state, and right. that you also uh, export. So there are programs that the Biden administration is very committed to to support farmers, to uh, engage with not just large uh, farming programs, but small farmers as well. That was U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield. Thank you so much for making the time for us, Ambassador. Thank you so much. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrew Merriweather and mixed by Ethan Schwab. Tomorrow on the podcast, we'll hear how inflation is affecting access to foods that are essential to indigenous communities. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.